thank you for joining me for this episode of Executive Track. My name is Faith Abiodun. Today I'll be talking about the concept of managing up or managing upwards. Why it's such an important and yet underappreciated concept, particularly for junior employees and most importantly, how to get it right. Now, the first time I heard the words managing up, it was from one of my bosses who was carefully choosing the words and letting me know that I was in some way ruining my chances of strategic career progression because I was failing to manage upwards. In hindsight, I don't think I have appreciated a subtle career threat as much as I appreciated that one, you know, but that only came after I did what most of us would do in that kind of situation. I bottled up and resisted mentally. As far as I was concerned, I was doing a terrific job. And if my boss couldn't see that or appreciate it, then that's on them. Now, I was righteously indignant that anyone would even question the fact that my work must speak for me. Because after all, I had put everything on the line. But when I came off my high horse, I began to identify the merit in what was being discussed. Managing up is not at all the same as shoving your output in your boss's face. It is a whole set of principles and actions that can transform an employer-employee relationship into a mentor-mentee relationship, or better still, a sponsor-beneficiary relationship. Harvard Business Review defines managing up as being the most effective employee that you can be creating value for your boss and your company. Forbes magazine puts it like this. Many people would say that the purpose of managing up is to have the byproduct of your efforts enhance the work of those you report to. It was that last point that hit me hard in this conversation with my boss. See, I had not fully taken into account that my boss had a boss and two things were at stake in my self-righteous self-sustaining ego trip. Firstly, by failing to manage up, I was preventing my boss from being able to do their job effectively because some pieces of the puzzle fell to me. Secondly, by failing to manage up, I was equally preventing my boss from being able to speak about my work in higher circles or to advocate for me. In essence, I was blocking my own career progression by being so self-centered and uncooperative. But this was surely not an intentional decision. I was surely not the first person in the world who didn't really get along with their boss or didn't really consider them a good friend. I mean, we could all be wrong, but most likely we couldn't all be wrong. And we couldn't all be jeopardizing our careers for something as trivial as this, right? In reality, this is an all-too-common scenario. Harvard Business Review outlines some scenarios in which working with your boss could be a real test. One, you could be working with a brand new boss, someone you've never met before. Or you could be working with a manager whom you don't see face-to-face because they work in a different location. Or you could be working with an insecure boss. You could be working with an all-knowing or indecisive boss. You could be working with a manager who gives you conflicting messages. You could be working with a long-winded boss. You could be working with a hands-off boss. Or a manager who isn't as smart as you. 
And in some cases, you could be working with a boss that's actually a board of directors. In a 2018 article for the Wall Street Journal, Sue Schellenberger says that managing up is an ability that can shape your career more than almost any other. But many employees don't know how to do it. See, I'll jump in here and say firstly that they don't even know why to do it. And if you're anything like me, the concept of managing up might have turned you off right off the bat. Because maybe you've already identified the equivalent of the teacher's pet in the organization. I mean, the people who have mastered the art of kissing up. And you are already very disgusted. Because surely that cannot be you. The good news is, it doesn't have to be you. Managing up is not the same thing as kissing up. And so I've done the hard work for you, having reviewed some of the best available information online from a variety of experts. Question is, why do you have to manage up? Firstly, according to the team at UC Berkeley, because you and your boss are mutually dependent on each other. Your boss needs you, your boss needs your help, and your boss needs your cooperation to do their job effectively. And equally, you need your boss's support and your boss's guidance in your day-to-day job to perform effectively. Secondly, uh, the folks at Muse say that if you don't already know, the most significant factor impacting your job satisfaction is your relationship with your direct manager. They went further to say that the value of a good relationship is that it gives you a solid foundation when stressful times arise. And without one, you don't have open communication and you don't have the sense of trust that is needed to resolve issues between both of you quickly. Thirdly, the team at Idealist puts it this way. When you want to advance your career, whether you're gunning for you know, new responsibilities or promotion or new job, the respect and confidence of your current boss is one of the biggest pieces, one of the biggest aces that you can have up your sleeve. And I can tell you from personal experience, they're all right. All of them are correct. I know there was a time when I was just so grumpy at work because I couldn't stand the guts of my manager. But I don't live in those days any longer. So it truly works. So now that we've covered the why, I'm sure you're ready for the how. I come to you with 10 recommendations. And there's some sample questions that I'll provide at the end for you to ask your boss whenever it's convenient for you to gently tap on the door of their cubicle and kind of pop your head in and say, can I have a quick word? So here goes. First of all, here's the how. Number one, embrace the mission. Embrace the mission. If you don't really buy into what the company is trying to achieve, it sounds like you're in for a rough ride, no matter how you slice it or dice it. Embrace the mission or develop a sustainable narrative that you can own about the value that you are all contributing to the world. You don't have to love your company, but you can come up with a narrative that you own about the value that you are all contributing to the world. Step number one. 
Number two, do everything you can to understand your manager and understand yourself. Do everything you can to understand your manager and understand yourself. You have to learn their work style. You have to learn their goals, learn their communication preferences, learn their strengths and their weaknesses. If you work in one of those organizations that makes everyone do a personality test and then publish the results in some common space on the wall, somewhere like that, do yourself a favor and actually read that stuff. The more you know about how to get the best out of your manager, the better for you. Number three, tell your manager how best to maximize your talent. Tell your manager how best to maximize your talents. So this point is related to the previous one. It's a two-way street. I had to tell one of my managers and then the subsequent two that I am not an 8 a.m. person. Meetings that early are certainly not the best way to get the best out of me. It just doesn't work. You know, so while I have not always been able to wrangle my way out of every single early meeting, my managers knew better than to schedule a one-to-one -one meeting that early. And they even went a step further and they moved departmental meetings to later in the day. I mean, talk about a win-win, right? Number four, train your manager to meet with you regularly. Train your manager to meet with you regularly. So this is a tricky one. And I know that some employees will seriously dread this. But if you're trying to get on that executive track, you need to be having regular communication with your boss. You need to be getting regular feedback from them on what you need to do constantly to stay on the front foot. And this matters even more if you are in a large department and if there are other rising stars on the team, you need to be meeting with your boss regularly. Number five, come to every meeting with a clear agenda and present possible solutions to every challenge. Come to every meeting with a clear agenda and present possible solutions to every challenge. So there was a time when I used to think that my job was to pose the problem to my manager and my manager's job was to have the answer. I mean, isn't that why they were getting paid all that money to wear the fancy pants? Plot twist, guys you need to come to the table with some options and you need to have a strongly recommended approach but you must still leave the final decision up to your boss and look don't get emotional about things if they don't agree to your strong recommendation you've done your part your job is to train yourself to come to the table with an option and let your manager make the decision number six be proactive with communication and learn to disagree respectfully and constructively. Be proactive with communication and learn to disagree respectfully and constructively. See, at this point, you've got to consider you and your boss as a team. Each of you is rowing in the same direction. Be proposing ideas. I mean, put some skin in the game. Take some responsibility for the work that you both are doing. But you must also know the limits of your powers. Just don't push too hard. But put some skin in the game. Number seven. 
Be a source of help even beyond your traditional tasks. Be a source of help even beyond your traditional tasks. And this is about building trust. This is about reliability. It's about dependability. You want your boss to be able to trust your judgment on many different issues. In my case, the day that I knew that one of my bosses and I were fully getting along was when they asked my opinion about relationship matters. I mean, that was a complete 360 from the days when our meetings felt much, much harder than chewing cement. It comes with time and it comes with effort. Number eight, always be prepared to give a status report on your projects at any time. Always be prepared to give a status report on your projects at any time. So while we're amping up the camaraderie, don't get it twisted. It's still a job. And you are still having to work on your deliverables. It's still a job. One of the best ways to write yourself firmly into your boss's good books is to always have made some advancements on your projects from the last time you talked about it. And to be clear about what's left to do and how you intend to go about it. Always have an update ready. Number nine, share your growth aspirations with your manager. Share your growth aspirations with your manager. I've seen people who get genuinely upset with their managers after practicing most of the steps above and yet they get passed over for promotion. You know, they stopped just short of expressing this very important point. They missed a chance to articulate where they hope to go with the person who knows their work the best. Yes, your manager might be your ally, but unless they're clear on your growth aspirations, they possibly can't do that much for you. I think this is one of the hardest parts of the equation for most people, yet it's so important. Once your manager shares your ambition, they can consciously look out for opportunities for you within the organization, and in some cases, they'll recommend other roles in other organizations if it appears that your path might be blocked in your current organization. Number 10, under-promise, over-deliver. Under-promise, over-deliver. This is an oldie but a goldie. And this is as true as time itself. Make sure that your work impresses your manager every time. Don't drop the ball. Don't get complacent. Ask for help if you need it, but always stay impressive. And so, if you're ready to get on this journey of managing up, I've got some questions for you to ask your manager over lunch, if you have a lunch break, or when you're able to pop your head in that door for a quick one. And this came from UC Berkeley. Here are the questions. Number one, ask your manager this. How would you describe your management and leadership style? Number two, what are your goals and your top priorities for this team? Number three, what is your definition of a top performer? Number four, what does success for this team look like to you? You know, how do you expect this team to help contribute to the goals of the organization? Number five, how do you prefer that I communicate with you? 
you know, by email or in person or some team channel. Number six, how do you like to be approached regarding an issue or a challenge? And number seven, how often do you want to meet with us, either as a team or on a one-to-one -one basis? Those questions, again, came from UC Berkeley, but I've got two additions of my own. Here's my addition. Number one, what do you like and dislike about working with your own boss? I put that in there because I realized that when a person is perceived as a boss, you don't assume they have challenges with their own bosses as well. But by asking them this question, you're actually putting them in a space where they can be reflective and they look at you almost as a peer. And the second question is, what are some of your growth aspirations? I'd like to know where my boss is trying to go. Because many times as an employee, you look at your boss as someone who's fixed and fixated. They're not going anywhere. They're like, in many cases, the impediment to my progress. But ask them, where are they trying to go in their own career as well? I bet you will be surprised at some of the things you're going to hear. In conclusion, look, I've had some really productive work relationships. I've been on both sides of the desk. I've had bosses who really inspired me and I've had the privilege of hearing people commend me for being a great boss. Nothing feels better, especially in a place where you spend at least half of your most productive hours. I'd like to thank you for joining me on this episode. I trust that you found it to be really insightful. Please drop me a message and let me know what resonated with you and your own experiences with managing up. And if this has been any useful to you, please forward it on to a few colleagues. Get them to listen as well. I'm really grateful for the privilege of your time. And I'm convinced that the journey feels shorter when we travel together. Until next time, thank you for joining me on the executive track.